in case you missed it on Newsbreak. A very good afternoon to you and my condolences to every single one of you in the province of Kazulu and um, you know, across South Africa on the passing away of uh, Amazulu King Goodwill Zuelitini. Um, saddest news that emerged of the passing away of the monarch, um, the figurehead of Kazulu-Natal of the of the Amazulu monarch, monarchy, and uh, sad news abound. Um, you know, it, it 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 really comes at a time when you know South Africans have you know so much to deal with in terms of COVID nineteen and really looking for um, some sort of hope, leadership, and I think um, you know some sort of um, assurance that everything is going to be okay. And then you know the figurehead of the KwaZulu Natal province um, succumbs um, to um, well, what we understand to be the issue that he had with regard to diabetes. Um, that's uh, you know what he was admitted for. He was admitted to the intensive care unit in a private hospital on the 2nd of February due to diabetes, according to traditional Prime Minister Mongusu Tubutelezi. Um, and, and definitely, you know, um, a man for the people. But you know what? I think I'm not going to talk too much because we've got a lot of people that we want to speak to on the program. I know you also want to send your condolences. So today we are profiling, uh, looking back on the life and times of Amazulu King Goodwill Zuelitini, uh, the 72-year-old monarch who passed away um, yesterday. Um, and uh, definitely that's sad news, um, you know, around um, the world as it were. I managed to speak to Mr. Ishwar Ram Lechman. Of course, he is very close to the king. Uh, we've often known him to be the um, adopted son of King Goodwill Zuelitini. Um, very close relationship there. And um, he um, shared his memoirs and his thoughts with us and also gave us some information. We understand that the royal family had come to Durban to collect the mortal remains of the king and they are making their way now to the palace in Nongoma. Um, and we spoke to Ishwar Ram Lechman about that. I must say, Taresh, you know, I'm very devastated, you know, by the passing of His Majesty, especially, you know, uh, being so close to him and, uh, you know, working together for decades now. Can only understand the turmoil. Um, before we go further, let's talk about procedure right now. We understand that the royal family has come to Durban to receive the body of Amazulu King Zuelitini. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Yes, actually, we just left the hospital now and proceeding to Kwaketum Tandayo Royal Palace. What is the journey then now? Um, of course, the body is going to be travelling with family to Nongoma. Yes. Now, could you explain to us, you know, what, what, what procedures are likely to follow now? Well, basically, we're going straight to uh, Kwaketum Tandayo Palace, with His Majesty's uh, mortal remains. And from then on, I know the family is discussing funeral arrangements. President Sildra Maposa has pronounced that a funeral um, is going to be granted for the king. What can you tell us about these plans at this stage? See, I'm not sure at the moment. Once the elders uh, get together and make decisions, and, and they will uh, brief us uh, going forward. Mr. Ramlichman, we've often, um, you know, seen you and the king, and often the relationship is that of father and son. Talk to us about that relationship that you shared with him. Well, I must say, you know, I go a long way back with His Majesty from 
uh, childhood days, you know, when um, His Majesty used to attend Chinshaka celebrations in, in Kwatugosa. And um, from those days, I was very fond of him. And it was, I guess, all ordained by God. And uh, during the times of Sri Swami Sajananda, that's when I went and uh, met His Majesty and uh, made forged um, partnerships and we worked together. And His Majesty was a constant um, campaigner for his people, you know, to uplift his people. And it struck me most because it was in line with the teachings of Swami Shivananda. And that's how we continued. And uh, we remained very, very close. And as the years went by, Swami Sajananda passed away. And then I continued to serve the king. His Swami Sajananda also given me orders to serve his majesty. And uh, that's how we continued. And we became very close. And his majesty given me a name, Mabega Zulu. Uh, I have a house in Nongoma as well, next to the palace. So, you know, for me uh, today, it really saddens me when His Majesty is no more. We've also um, fostered good relations, having Diwali celebrations as well, you know. Yeah, explain that to me, the role that the king played in local communities. I know he was very fond of having Diwali celebrations. So from that perspective, you know, how relevant was he for, say, an Indian origin South African community? Well, I must say, you know, over the years, early years, um, I used to have Diwali celebrations in Richards Bay, Gingenlovo, and His Majesty used to attend. And then he requested me, you are my son, why don't you have... Uh, Diwali in the palace, and that's how we started. And uh, it's amazing, I must say, His Majesty really went all out to ensure that, uh, you know, we foster good relations. And um, he always believed Diwali was uh, a symbol to unite, uh, especially we as Hindus um, believe that the uh, light, we overcome uh, the darkness by the light. And he always believed uh, being a peace campaigner, and, and, and to unite people, to foster good relations, to make sure social cohesion is at the forefront. He said, no ways, we must continue to have Diwali celebrations in the palace. And uh, we, we continued, there were so many um, uh, uh, Zulu uh, communities attended, the Indian community attended, with and, and, and mind you, it was all done in the proper Hindu tradition in the palace. So such is, is King Gudul Zalatini Kapekozulu, my king, who always put people first. And I always said that Isila Samabanja Onke, it means he's a king of all the people and the land. And, uh, you know, let's talk about the lessons that, you know, you take personally from the king, having had that close relationship with him on a day like today when uh, the world, you know, mourns the passing of Amazulu King Zuelitini, His Majesty. What are the lessons you reflect on? Well, I must say, you know, he's been an inspiration. Actually, almost half my life has always guided me. And the lesson that he was very clear that we must never sit back and not 
lend a helping hand. We must constantly learn to serve people, and we must always live in harmony, unity, and mainly in diversity, and respect one another for whatever religion they belong, whatever race they are, we must respect them for who they are and look at them as humanity. Even when it came to not having food and uh, Chatsworth, they never had uh, much resources. He even spoke about it and sent us out there. You know, so he was he was, uh, and and forever we'll cherish this and we'll live his legacy until the last breath of ours. I really love my king, and forever we'll remember him being a person of all of us. Mr. Ramlachman, we wish you well during you know your mourning period, and we'll stay in touch about funeral arrangements. Uh, thank you, Tarish. Thank you very much. So there you go. That was a very, very close um, family friend of the late Amazulu King Goodwill Zuelitini, um, Ishwar Ram Lechman, telling us about you know the relationship they shared, the, um, the, the the vital lessons that he learned from the Zulu monarch, and and how he's likely to implement that. Also, painting us a picture of of uh, Amazulu King Goodwill Zuelitini about the man that he was, his his ethos, his his. Um, love for social cohesion, for integration, and and you know very committed to the concept of charity as well. So um, definitely interesting points to come through here today. I want to talk and and really focus on the role the king played, um, you know, within the Amazulu community and also in broader communities, the relevance of the Zulu monarch and the impact he's had in that regard and how to take that forward, how um, that legacy is likely to continue. But, you know, in terms of news of the day, then the the you know, royal family did, um, you know, collect the mortal remains from uh, Durban. They're on their way now to Nongoma um, and they are on their way to the Kwatemo Tandayo Royal Palace. Um, where you know the body is expected to lie in state, and elders of the family, we understand, are going to be meeting, as is customary, to make decisions on the way this funeral is going to uh, proceed. Uh, we can confirm that President Cyril Ramaphosa has declared a special official funeral, Category One, for Kings Wellitini, and of course, like I said, a lot of discussions are taking place currently about it. So let's broaden the the, the, the canvas then on our conversation, and we would love to welcome political analyst, political expert, Professor Bekim Gomezulu, who's made time for us now to talk about the significance and the role King Zuelitini, uh, His Majesty, played in the province of Kazulu. Uh, Professor Be- um, Gomezulu, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. No, thank you for having me and thank you to our listeners. Professor Mkomezulu, um, so obviously I think by now, you know, when we last checked in, you know, we of course spoke about the tragedy and the condolences with regard to this. You know, I want to take it back a few and and talk about the role King Zuelitini played. Um, I had a very interesting conversation um, while researching this particular, um, you know, legacy. And I found that, you know, around the 70s and definitely the 80s, uh, it must have been incredibly challenging for um, 
King's Velatini because on one hand, he had, you know, the um, political violence, black on black violence, the sort of tension between the IFP and um, the ANC. And on the other hand, he had the issue of fighting apartheid. So it could have definitely been a very tough predicament for the king of KwaZulu. But he mitigated through it, didn't he? So talk to us from those days about the role the king played in community struggles. No, uh, the late king played a critical role uh, in South African politics. Uh, as much as his position meant that uh, he had to be apolitical, but his one king was vocal whenever things uh, got out of hand. More especially when politicians uh, started uh, pitting uh, uh, South Africans one against the other, and more specifically pitting Zulus uh, one against the other. He came out openly saying that uh, these are my father's people. In his own words, he would say, Abantu Barababa. Basically meaning that uh, he wanted to see unity uh, regardless of the political affiliation of the people of uh, present day Guazul Natal or the Zulus uh, to be exact. So in the 1970s and 1980s, as you correctly pointed out, there were a couple of things that were happening simultaneously. We know that uh, starting from the late 60s, early 70s, uh, the Bantustan uh, system was introduced by the, uh, by the apartheid government. And uh, fortunately, Guazulu uh, did not become a Bantustan, but there was what was called Guazulu government, which was presided over by Inkosimango City Therese. What then happened during the time is that uh, uh, the king, uh, who was still relatively young, uh, had to uh, negotiate his way through that. In other words, trying to deal with um, the apartheid structures while at the same time trying to uh, basically build a disillusion and and make sure that everyone rallied around him and shared his ideas in terms of nation building. So then uh, the the establishment of uh, organizations like UDF and of course uh, COSATO and a couple others in the 80s uh, were very tough moments because uh, at that time we saw that uh, uh, the, the way divisions between uh, the then Guazulu government and the ZP or the Zulu police, and of course some of the UTF members uh, who were aligned to the ANC. So then that was a political struggle. But then the king had to take a neutral position, like uh, like I said earlier on, both of those people were his people, whether you're a member of UTF or you were working for this, uh, I mean the, the Zulu police, or you were part of a, a cultural movement, all of those were his father's people. So then he had to try and negotiate that situation. And then in the 1990s, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, then in the 1990s, when the political organizations were unbanned, things got out of hand. The so-called black-on-black violence, which was in fact um, 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 triggered by the apartheid government, the divide and rule syndrome, turning IFP against ANC. And the king had to also take a firm position and say, violence is not the answer. Because if you kill one another, then who am I going to lead as a king? Which was in fact a principal position. So I would say that he played a critical role. That is the reason why, for example, the late President Mandela uh, had a good working relationship with him because 
and he recognized that as a traditional leader, he had played a critical role in terms of uh, making sure that uh, violence did not get out of hand. So I yeah, would say yeah. politically... Professor Mkumezulu, I, th- I think, you know, we understand in that political context, and I think there's so much more to talk about it, you know, the hour is just never enough of that. Uh, socially as well, he played a very, very strong um, role, you know, very authoritative voice and taking up... Um, I think one of the biggest issues facing KwaZulu-Natal, and I want to talk on this, and that was the fight against HIV-AIDS. And he really took up that conversation, of course, of you know very close um, interaction and, and conversations between him and SANAC, um, the South African National AIDS Council, and a strong advocate for male circumcision as a you know mechanism to combat uh, the spread of HIV/AIDS in KwaZulu. Talk to me about how the king was able, able to identify, you know, burning social issues and place that on his royal agenda and disseminate that guidance to his subjects. No, the Zulu king was a visionary. Uh, I have no doubt about that. He was a visionary because he saw beyond what everybody else was seeing. Uh, even some of his uh, colleagues uh, in the traditional leadership structures in other parts of South Africa uh, were saying that uh, uh, we cannot allow uh, circumcision, for example, uh, to happen in a hospital, in a modern hospital, because this is an African cultural activity which is to be uh, done in the cultural manner. But in his case, he said, no, as much as we are the custodian of African culture in general, and Zulu culture specifically in this case, but then he said, okay, uh, during the reign of King Shada, a circumcision uh, was in certain um, stopped because the King Shada said that he wanted his warriors to be ready uh, to fight his enemies. And then the Zulu king said, we are reviving circumcision, but then we are also embracing our current political context. Right now, we are dealing with HIV-AIDS, and the scientists are saying that uh, those who are circumcised uh, bring uh, the issue of uh, 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 transmission uh, down. So given that context, then, I'm reviving circumcision, but I'm also allowing my people to go to the hospital and then have a medical circumcision. And, and this, in fact, was applauded not just by many South Africans, but even by the World Health Organization. Because they said, here is a traditional leader, here is a Zulu king uh, who is a visionary and is someone who is an authoritative voice. And in fact, uh, uh, the likes of um, um, uh, now Deputy Minister, uh, um, um, uh, that is uh, Dr. Uh, has in fact uh, remembered those times uh, when the Zulu king uh, played an instrumental role in, in, in that regard. So I, I would say that he was a visionary in that sense that as much as he wanted to preserve Zulu culture, but he was also mindful of the current uh, political context and he wanted to operate within that. Yeah. Um, Professor Mkomezudu to, you know, I, I think a final question then, because like I said, you know, uh, I've got so much of voices to bring in on the conversation. And like, like I alluded to earlier, the hour is never enough. But, um, you know, there were some times that the king was criticized and um, often it was about some of the comments he made that many thought was inciting and polarizing communities uh, in the province of KwaZulu, whether it was xenophobic, whether it was on, on um, the, you know, the lines of commercial interests, whether it was on the lines of social and class issues. Um, so, you know, not somebody who was not criticized. 
what can you talk to me then about the way the king handled these criticisms? Because ultimately, I think even the monarch um, at points faced, um, you know, accountability from his subjects. No, uh, the Zulu king was a normal human being. And as a normal human being, whenever you make an utterance regardless of your position, there are people who are going to move with you, and then there are those who are going to see the other side of the coin. Uh, on the issue uh, uh, which concerned uh, the way uh, foreign nationals were being treated in South Africa, for instance, there was a time when the Zulu king uh, uh, made a statement that there is no one who doesn't have a home. That statement was misconstrued. What it literally meant was that uh, uh, the foreign nationals that are currently in the country do have their homes where they come from. Then let's ask the question, what were the push factors that forced them to leave their countries and come to South Africa? Which was a genuine, uh, genuine call for the uh, I am one of the people, in fact, who are saying that uh, as part of addressing this issue, let us look at the root cause. Because they are push factors, these um, fellow, fellow Africans did not just land in South Africa, did not decide to come to South Africa out of the blue. They were causal factors. So what the king was then saying was that everyone has a home, and then if there is a problem at home, let's find out what that problem is and address the problem. And then people said, no, uh, the king is being xenophobic because he's saying uh, government must chuck out all those uh, uh, foreign nationals who are in the country. But they didn't recognize the fact that he even went further and said, unfortunately, uh, the people who are being persecuted in South Africa are, are not uh, just all foreign nationals uh, under an umbrella. It's only um, uh, foreign nationals who are coming from within the continent. And then he was asking the question, if the problem is foreign nationals, how come that uh, those who are not uh, uh, from uh, 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 Africa are being looked at as uh, the tourists and as investors, and yet those who come from the African continent are the ones who are being persecuted. And that is the point that a number of people ignore. So I would say on that point, he was misconstrued. Yeah, and, yeah. Then on the issue, uh, and then the last one is on the issue of the land. People were saying that, uh, that the king uh, wants to control land. And culturally, uh, the African context, uh, kings and uh, all traditional leaders are the custodians of the land. But the land doesn't belong to them. They preside over the land on behalf of their subjects. And on that point, too, he was misconstrued, and, and therefore uh, people accused him uh, of being uh, autocratic. I, I would say that he was a human being, and as a human being, uh, it's bound to have people who are reading things from the other side, uh, which will always happen regardless of who you are. Professor Bekim Komezulu, thanks for your time and for helping us you know, understand the role the king played socially, politically and I think culturally in the province of KwaZulu and uh, definitely looking forward to taking up these conversations at another point. No, thank you very much, my brother. Thank you for having me and thank you to listening. Professor Bekim Komezulu there. Okay, when we come back, we continue with this sort of conversation on the role that uh, Amazulu King Kudul's Veritini played within local communities and... Um, what we'll get, the sense we're getting from you know interviews that we are going to be doing um, in the remaining um, half hour of the broadcast is that um, he, the 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 king took his role as the as the head of um, KwaZulu Natal within the Amazulu monarchy um, seriously to the point that everybody in 
the province became his subject. So we want to explore that dynamic. When we come back, uh, we bring you more reaction. Azopela Mapupo in the quarterfinals of the Netbank Cup as KZN confronts Eastern Cape. Richards Bay are on a mission to write their names in the history books of Ipona as giant killers. The Chili Boys say Azpelelanga with all eyes on the ticket to the semi-finals. The Netbank Cup quarterfinals brings you Show Me Your Number, Tamaya, Shibobo and Goals. Catch the hot clash between Chipa United and Richards Bay FC this Saturday at 2.30 p.m. live on SABC1 and SABC radio stations in your language of choice. Hashtag We Love It Here. Brought to you by SABC Sport. News break talk on Lotus FM. I'm Tade Shari Pashad, keeping you company this afternoon. I do see your messages on WhatsApp, and I'm going to attend to them um, in a short while. But I wanted to bring you a lot of reaction uh, to the role that the King, uh, the late Amazulu King Gurul Zelitini, played in in local communities. And um, an absolute privilege now and a joy to be joined by Mr. Avi Muhammad. He's the chairperson of the Juma Masjid Trust. Uh, Mr. Muhammad, wonderful to have you on the program. Thank you very much. And good day to the listeners. And we hope and pray that we have a trouble-free weekend. Yeah, always on uh, high on our prayer list, I think, that uh, Mr. Mohammed. But the role that um, Amazulu King Goodwills Valentini played with local communities is what we want to talk to you about. And specifically with the Juma Masjid, you know, what was that relation like? Well, you know... A very noble man when he's a king, but to have an approachable soul who had the concern and the welfare of each and every human soul, irrespective of race, color, creed, or religion. And I say this without any doubt in my mind being involved with him in numerous functions that I've attended with him. And when he came 2017 in the Great Street Mosque, as you know, on a Friday, is a very auspicious day in a mosque for a prayer. But I invited him and other community-based leaders. And his first reaction was that the best thing he did was to come to a mosque and have other religious leaders with him in the mosque. So he he had no uh, no um, reservations or thing that he's a Christian or a Muslim or whether you're an Indian, an African, or a white. And he appreciated without uh, having to debate an issue that the Indian community has definitely played a vital role in the fusion into the South African society. Mm. I think wonderful the, points there, uh, Mr. Muhammad. But I want to I want to expand a little bit before we talk about that. Uh, you know your 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 conversations with him about the roles um, that Indian origin people have played in, in in the South African and the KwaZulu Natal tapestry. But when he came to Masjid. You know what was that experience like? I mean, you know, you've you've got your king of the um, of the Amazulu culture there, and you know him coming to Masjid for Juma. What was it like, and what did it say about his commitment to social cohesion? 
you know, he, he, to me, he was the architect of the social cohesion in KwaZulu-Natal, and he emphasized that point so strongly and with all sincerity that this man had the capacity of having. His heart was larger than life. He respected people. He respected the feeling when he came to the mosque. It was not only the Muslim community that was present, uh, people from the Hindu Masaba, people from the Tamil Federation, uh, business people like Vivian Reddy, Ishwar Ram Lachman, and of course, the Catholic Cardinal, Cardinal Napier, and both of them and other leaders all addressed. And to him, he said it was a dream, a reality that has come through to be at the mosque almost after 40 years and to see so many people in the mosque that they're not only Muslims for the prayer Friday, but you were joined by something like close to three to 400 other people of other religions that were in the mosque. And he, he simply loved it, and he loved the luncheon after that that took place. I must say to the community that we have lost a man that was on the ground, a person that had the welfare and interest of all the communities and all the people that lived in it. You know, it is a remarkable thing of this man for a king sometimes in 2012 when at his palace he apologized to the Indian community for the 1949 riots. So I think it takes more than a king, it takes more than a human soul for him to apologize on behalf of his subjects. Incredibly so powerful. He, yeah, he re-emphasized it at the mosque and he re-emphasized the social cohesion. He also brought about the issue of the xenophonic attack and he amplified the fact that we are all human beings. We have visitors and if they are foreigners, we are all children of God. Yeah. Uh, wonderful, wonderful recollections there, Mr. Muhammad. But I think a final point then uh, that I want to talk to you about is you said that he um, constantly reassured, and I don't know if that's the correct word, I think rather he constantly um, told the Indian origin community of their contribution to KwaZulu-Natal. How did he do that? And what sentiment did it leave then with the Indian origin community? You know, uh, you know, you made a very, very pertinent point there, which is, which can be amplified by the fact that I've just made a comment that in 2012, for a man to apologize to the Indian community uh, for the riots, but in every sphere, wherever he has spoken, and wherever I had to interact with him. He has made certain to mention the fact that Indian community in Durban or in KwaZulu Natal are part of the Zulu nation. He has said it on Al Jazeera radio as well when he was questioned, why did he go to the mosque? And his reply was, they are also my people. He didn't say subjects. He replied to the Al Jazeera columnist to say, those People at the mosque are my people. And he always 
respected the Indian community to such an extent that he took them as fellow brothers, fellow people in the Zulu nation. And he classified himself not only as the king of Zulu, but he classified himself as the king of all the people that live in the kingdom of KwaZulu-Natal. Wonderful to connect with you on those points, Mr. Avi Muhammad. He's the chairperson of the Juma Masjid Trust. Uh, I think definitely you've explained it. Um, I think you've really helped the uh, Indian origin community understand then the role that they, um, you know, um, rather the relationship they shared with Amazulu King Rules Valentini. Take care of yourself, Mr. Muhammad. We'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Thank you. So, yes, definitely uh, zero, zero ing in on the relationship between the late Amazulu King Guruzvelitini and the Indian origin people. Uh, when we come back, we continue our conversation. Spa's lowest prices ever. Get 2kg aerial auto washing powder. Only $54.99 for Spa Rewards customers and 250 gram Vaseline Petroleum Jelly for a low $25.99. It's the lower than low sale. Now on at Spa. A weekend that will go down the history books of the beautiful game. The much-anticipated quarterfinals of the Emirates FA Cup. The battle starts on the bench between Ancelotti and Guardiola. Who has the winning game plan between Everton and Manchester City? In another spectacle, Leicester City will gear up against Manchester United. The Red Devils have only played the Foxes two times in the FA Cup with United winning both. History will be written in your living room. Catch the thrilling action live on SABC3 at 7.30pm, Saturday the 20th of March, as the Toffees tackle the citizens. Then on Sunday the 21st of March, the Foxes clash with the Red Devils of Manchester, live on SABC3 at 7pm. The FA Cup, hashtag history comes home, brought to you by SABC Sport. Okay, continuing our conversation before we go to WhatsApp, can't wait to hear what you've got to say. Uh, but like we said, we've zeroing in on the um, relationship that Amazulu King Gurus Valentini had with, um, you know, the residents of of um, of uh, KwaZulu Natal, and um, definitely zeroing in on his relationship then with the Indian region community uh, and local communities, you know, around the periphery of, um, you know. The, the, the northern parts of Kazul and Natal. And now we're joined by Mr. Ashwin Trikamji. He's the president of the South African Hindu Mahasabha. Mr. Trikamji, I hope that you've been well and safe. Yes. Uh, good day to all your listeners and to you, Taresh. And I wish everyone well in this uh, in these challenging times. You know, that's exactly what I started off the program by saying, you know, it's challenging times and, uh, you know, often I think when people go through challenges and they look to leadership and they look to the figureheads of of, um, of leadership and authority and it's incredibly then sad that King Goodwill's Valentini has passed away. But your recollections, um, you know, within the local community and King Goodwill's Valentini, I know he was a fan of Diwali. Yes, yes, but uh, more than anything else, you know, I had a personal relationship. With, apart from the fact that uh, I enjoy being president of the South African Hindu Mahasabha, 
he was he was a very very close friend of the Hindu Mahasabha. Uh, the very first Durban Diwali festival, uh, honored guest was none other than King Goodwill Balatini, and then he subsequently requested that he joined the Diwali festival as often as he could. So much so that, as you know, in the last few years, uh, Diwali is being celebrated there in uh, at, his, at one of his palaces. Uh, and uh, he was a really great, great admirer and and and, and participated in uh, our culture. And that is what made him what he was. That he was a simple person. Maybe the uh, flaunted the fact that he was king of the Zulus. He was king of KwaZulu-Natal. Yeah. And all of us, whether we were Hindus, whether we were Zulus, whether we were anything else, we were his people. You know, he always referred to us as his people. And there have been so many instances in the past. I recall a couple of years ago an instance where, uh, you know, we had that uh, wave of, of xenophobia in South Africa, and it was, it was quite serious. And uh, at, uh, at the... At, at the uh, Stadium, uh, the, the the new King's Park Stadium now, the Moses Mabida Stadium. There was a, uh, a a special player day organized by the uh, provincial government, yeah. and he was he was the main guest of honor. And I recall that uh, I was privileged to be one of the persons that offered a prayer, and I. Clearly recall that when I started the prayer, there was elements in the in in the crowd who started to clap and boo and casual and so on. Yeah, and uh, of course it was stopped immediately. But I got a personal call from him. Okay, yes, I did. Ha- I did share a personal relationship, but I got a personal call from him to say, please, I must not be offended by. The bad behavior of some of his, some of the people. That is not what Zulu culture is all about. Mr. Trikamji, that's the uh, question I wanted to ask you. Uh, and I know you raised the issue of xenophobia in those times, you know, when, when there was, a, I think, a certain degree of criticism against the Amazulu yeah. king on that regard. But let's be honest, in recent years, there has been a lot of, um, I think, um, insightful conversations about the role of uh, Indian South Africans in the province. A lot of, um, you know, uh, fundamentalist groups, um, radical groups, you know, calling out Indian people and their role within um, within the province of Kazulu. many going as far as saying, you know, go back to India. Uh, we can't ignore those conversations. Do you think that yeah. the king sufficiently addressed those to bring, you know, a sort of peace between uh, all residents of KwaZulu and specifically to inform the uh, South African Indian origin community that, wait a second, this isn't in fact the reality of the way you are viewed in KwaZulu? Yes, well, you know, that's that's where he became a very, very effective person as a king. He would always come out strongly and uh, and condemn these isolated attacks on, on our community uh, that you referred to. 
he would always, and, and I think that this is admirable. It was not something that uh, required for uh, us as community leaders to go to him and say, please, can you help us? Or can you do something about this? It was spontaneous. He would just he would just come out strongly, and you know he was a great uh, protagonist of social cohesion. I mean, he constantly preached social cohesion. I'm aware of that personally, and he would do everything in his power to ensure that we, who are not Zulus, as it were, were made to feel as his uh, subjects and not the Zulus only. We were all part of the kingdom of KwaZulu-Natal. There are so many other instances, and, you know, he, his, his, uh, his readiness, his willingness to engage with us, his willingness to participate in events that are organized by us are legendary. You know, I mean, the king is, is somebody that was there at almost all important functions, cultural, religious, or otherwise, he was there. The South African Hindu Mahasabha was very privileged because not only was he there at our Diwali festivals, but I, I recall the first fundraising uh, occasion that we had many, many years. I'm talking about some 15, 20 odd years ago when we were uh, thinking of getting our own headquarters and we didn't have our own premises and so on. And we had a fundraising event. And I recall clearly that our guest that evening was the king. And not only did he arrive there, but he also made a contribution that evening, you know, towards the fundraising process. So this was a king who not just talked as it were. There are many people in South Africa, and I'm not going to deal with you know who and what, but there are so many people, political leaders, cultural leaders, even some religious leaders as well, who talk the talk as it were, but when it comes to actually doing doing, getting down and doing the real thing, as it were. There are very few to match uh, King Kudos uh, Valatini. He was exceptional. He, he acted, and he, he, he not only acted, but he spoke with conviction. And that is why he'd go down as being one of the greatest kings that ruled this kingdom of KwaZulu-Natal. Mm. Well, Mr. Trikipti, thanks for you know providing us with that insight and the role that the king then played um, in, in local communities. We appreciate it and we look forward to um, connecting with you on the issue sometime soon. Thank you and have a, have a wonderful afternoon, all of you and to your listeners. Thanks, Mr. Trikimji. Mr. Ashwin Trikimji there from the South African Hindu Mahasabha. When I come back, we've got a WhatsApp. Times are changing, and with all the new pay points and technology, it's never been easier to make your TV license payment. From the 1st of April, there's no need for you to travel to your local SABC office. We have more than 18,000 pay points from retailers to wholesalers, and not to mention all the banks or your nearest post office to make your license payment. You can make super fast, totally secure, and convenient payments or submit any queries to www.tvlic.co.za for any of your smart devices, including your cell so after all our hard work to improve our engagements with you, we're closing our regional TV license offices and in turn, saving you money. 
excellence takes place when the two halves of the Bundesliga table fight it out in the chase for glory. You might think that bottom of the table Schalke have nothing to fight for when they go up against third place Wolfsburg, but German pride is always the best motivation. Cizwe and the team will bring us the best analysis and excellence from the Bundesliga. You, Mzansi, need to bring the love and the passion. Catch Wolfsburg take on FC Schalke this Saturday the 13th of March at 4pm live on SABC3 and SABC radio stations. Hashtag German excellence meets Mzansi passion. The Bundesliga, proudly brought to you by SABC Sports. Join the Insider Essay this Tuesday evening at 7.30 as we celebrate individuals who defy the norm. Follow hip-hop artist Nadia Nakai as she explores the Marataba Mountain Lodge in Limpopo. Meet Durban-based pianist Zibu Mack, who combines the sounds of traditional jazz with electronic music. And discover a sustainable rest camp located in Namibia's remote Hwanib Valley. That's the Insider Essay, Tuesday evenings at 7.30, only on SABC3. Okay, to WhatsApp we go, and I do apologize. Uh, I know you were waiting for a while to to connect with us on that mm. regard. Uh, please go ahead and send some messages. I'll, I'll try and go through them all. I really wanted to take the opportunity to, um, you know, let you know how Kangaroos, Valentini Kabe, Kuzulu, uh, the, you know, endearing name that one uh, refers to uh, him by, um, the role he played in your province and why he is then important to you. So I wanted to really unpack that and I hope I've done that justice. So let's go to Roshni from PMB. Hi to you, Taresh. Many, many thanks once again to you and the Newsbreak team for the excellent work. Always updating us and informing us of the latest news. Uh, Taresh, my deepest condolences to the uh, King's Valentini family. Uh, may his soul rest in peace, and he will be sorely missed. Thank you, Sadarish, and have a lovely weekend. Lots of love, Roshni. Take care. Bye. Lots of love, Roshni. Salim Adam, hello there. Rosh, it's very sad to hear the, the loss of the great king of Kozulunatel, King Zudul. The king has been a very prominent figure has been always an outstanding figure. We remember him for the peace he brought in trouble caused Lunatel. And you know, this is a very sad loss. The people of Kozul Lunatel feel the loss of the king. And I think end of the day, the loss of the king is a great loss to this nation. Definitely there, Salim. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. Let's go to Selvin. Hello, Selvin. Tadesh, you know, I just want to let you know how close a uh, good rule our king was to us. I actually met him at my brother's house once when he had supper there and a few of his, uh, his sons, one of his sons, Shepo. But uh, it saddens me now, you know, that he's gone. And I'll never forget the time when he spoke about the xenophobia. He actually went on that march in Victoria Street right around Durban to stop the violence. And I think, uh, you know, we lost a great soul. May his soul rest in peace. And may all the protocols that's coming in stay away from the love and the bereavement that the family is going through. Uh, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you, Taresh. Appreciate your voice note, um, 
Selvin. Let's go to Louis Pele. Hello, Desa. Good afternoon, Newsbreak team. Yaresh and his team, I think, you know, we got to say our deepest sympathy to the king. The king helped us during the struggle in 92 and 93 when we had huge problem in Richmond. And to bring about peace in Richmond, I think the king played a very big role in order to bring down the peace. And from from this, I gather the king was a perfect leader in KZN. Thank you, Louis Pillay Durban. Most definitely, Mr. Pillay. Mr. Ian Governor as well, weighing in on the conversation. Hello. Unovo is not today. He says a text to us and he says, uh, Today's a sad day for South Africa. We have lost a humble, caring king who championed for the unity of South Africa. May his soul rest in peace. So, yeah, more text messages also on the program. I'm going to go through them in a short while when we come back. Expresso Morning Show is giving you, our loyal viewers, another reason to make Friday the best day of the week. That's when we give you the platform to send your loved ones and yourself a birthday wish to be celebrated by the whole country. Yeah, and you can make it even more special because if you submit the best birthday dance video of the week, you can win yourself 500 rand in cash. Nice video entries for the week close on Wednesday at 6 p.m. So get entering and have yourself a real feel-good birthday. Catch Expresso every weekday from 6 to 9 a.m. Escape, Escape the norm, norm with SABC3. Okay, to WhatsApp we go. Ramba Murli from Phoenix says, That's very sad. Kalashakti says, Condolences to the king's family and the country at large on the sad loss. I applaud the king for his efforts to maintain peace and harmony in the country. His relationship with different political parties helped to calm uh, the political arena. Shamila Maharaj says, It's really sad knowing that a well-known man has passed away. My deepest condolences uh, to our people. Remember, life has no date and time and to, to when we are called. So follow the protocols, use your mask and social distance. This virus is still here and no one can help us. We have to help ourselves. Uh, thanks for adding that bit of information. I think even when we, you know, uh, I, I think what... Um, I think, I think the lesson that Shamila Maharaj gives there is that even when you're going about your day-to-day things, like right now we're talking about the king, but she still brought in social distancing because um, that just needs to be intertwined in our day-to-day life, isn't it? Nelisha from Tongat says, To my knowledge, the king was very humble, kind and united person. May his soul rest in peace and may your legacy go on. And I pray for all to follow in your footsteps. Rani from Stangamana says, Thanks for all the pertinent news coverage. It's just a pleasure, Rani. And, um, well, that's, thank you. That was all she had to say. Uh, it's just a pleasure to provide you with important information. A uh, message from Sheila Maharaj. She says, Namaste, my condolences to the royal family and also to Ishwar. I hope that um, we find a replacement like our king. So, yeah, <laughs> interesting to watch that. Uh, Roy Singh from Stanger says history will be written in our South African books to remind us of what a wonderful person our king was. Uh, his love for the people is an exemplary way of, of bringing peace to all. It's really sad day for all of us. It's from Mr. Roy Singh in Stanger. I can only imagine what the north of the province is like currently. So yeah, those are the messages that have come through. Um, and um, definitely for you to understand that we are keeping, um, you know, track of it all and we are going to be uh, bringing you the latest information as it does become available to us 
What we do know at this stage is that the national flag will fly at half-mast until uh, the evening of the day of the funeral for Amazulu Kingu Rulzvelitini. This follows President Cyril Ramaphosa declaring a special official funeral, that's a Category 1 funeral, for King Zvelitini. So, um, as we, as you are aware, the family did come to Durban. They... Um, you know, collected the mortal remains of um, the late king and they've taken it now to Nongoma. Elders are meeting currently to discuss the way forward with regard to um, to um, the funeral proceedings for the king. Okay, Raymond Chetty sent us a message. He says, um, we had a king of heart. Definitely a lot of warm wishes coming through. Uh, from there. Uh, so, yeah, we're about to wrap up the program. Rachel, have you ever interviewed the king? I've actually had personal experiences with the king. An awesome gentleman, absolute gentleman. Somebody who was very kind-hearted and down-to-earth, even though he held such a prestigious position. You know, um, I've not seen too many kings in my time, sadly. <laughs> um, yeah, I've not really seen too many kings in my in my life. Um but when you met King Zulitini, automatically every cell in your body stood at attention. You just knew yes. you were in the company of greatness, of yes. a royal giant. Absolutely. You know, the bloodline of King Shaga. And you just stood at automatically. And, and you know, and, and, and I think this is, this is uh, uh, I think uh, Roy Singh said our history books will, will, will teach this. And I think it's important because, uh, you know, a lot of us, I mean, you know, I'm a boy from the south, so I'm not really a four with the, the customs of the north of Kazuda Natal. So, I, 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 when I watch people, when they're in the presence of the king, they, 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 they hunch down low. Yes. You know, because you must now bow, bow to your king. And I, I, I just wish we were taught those kinds of things and understood that significance. But immediately your body wants to do that. Absolutely. You know, in his presence. And, and you know, the, the traditions that you follow when the king enters the room, like... Um, especially with females and you find that you, when he walks in you've got to stand up and you've got to salute and you've got to yeah you do that hand thing right? yes <laughs> and you've got to say the certain greetings it's just so powerful and the way the people of KwaZulu-Natal embraced that wherever he went I've yeah. seen it in Chatsworth I've seen it in Phoenix I've seen it in Peter Maritzburg everybody knows this is the king this is how you greet him this is how you behave in his presence it's wonderful, wonderful. it's wonderful to know that we have that culture that legacy of ours and we can call it ours you know so yeah we're wrapping up the program Nerina says um, thanks for the uh, coverage uh, the province is mourning um, um, sorry he, uh, Nerina says Thanks for bringing us the latest events as they unfold. Rest in peace, King Gudul Zelitini. You were part of the melting pot of cultures. You'll be sadly missed. And that's from Nerina. Uh, Tonti says, uh, okay, and we've got uh, Mala on a message. We, the people of Kazul and Natal, are mourning the death of our king. May his soul rest in peace. The king constantly reminded the Indians about their contribution to the province of Kazul and Natal, which was much appreciated. He was always striving to unite people. Uh, he would always be remembered as a noble king. And that's from Mala. Okay, let's leave it there now. We'll uh, say goodbye to you. The broadcast can be with courtesy of the team. Executive producer Selma Patel and Rachel Wadi will talk soon tomorrow between 12 and and one from Mitaresh. Hey, have an awesome day. News break. Lotus FM, powered by SABC News.